Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. Aloha, welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. I'm your host and coach, Gina Ryan, and I am so happy to be with you again today as together we can consider the many ways to bring your mind and body back to its natural peace and calm. In today's episode, I'm talking about healing from anxiety and being able to trust your body's resilience. This actually is from a listener question and answer. So let's get started with the question. And before I say that, I would like to offer you the opportunity to send me your questions or your challenges as today's listener has done so that we can talk about it here on the show, open it up a little bit and not only help you, but all the other people out there listening that have the same challenge or issue. Believe me, they are not all that different and you are definitely not alone. So if you've got a question, send it to anxietycoachespodcast at gmail.com. So our listener M writes, Hi, Gina. My top issue is health anxiety. I know you've done a couple of podcasts on it, but health anxiety is the worst. Specifically, I fear getting dementia or Alzheimer's. I know you have said that our anxiety lands on what we care about, and I get scared that I have damaged my brain with stress and prior alcohol and prescription medication. Just wanted to share my greatest challenge, M. Well, thank you, M, for sending your challenge for all of us to hear and actually give me the opportunity to discuss this a little bit further, not only with you, but with everybody else out there who is concerned about health anxiety and, like you, specifically your brain and what stress or alcohol and prescription medication may have done. So let's get into it. I do want to talk about health anxiety in general, but first I want to mention how amazing and resilient the human body is and how we can trust and believe in its abilities more than we commonly do. 
And that will send many more messages to our brain, to the amygdala, that we're okay if we can trust and believe in the abilities of our body. Because when we don't, when we are distrustful, that is what sends so many people down the wormhole of health anxiety. We are able to heal much more than we let ourselves believe, especially when we are challenged with anxious thinking. We almost just go there by default, that this is not just a little twinge or a little feeling of discomfort. It is a catastrophe. We don't really know the limits of our ability to heal, and we are always in the process of restoring homeostasis, therefore healing. So I want you to remember that the body is always got something going off kilter. Maybe we exercised too much and we have to kind of heal from that, or we ate something that didn't agree with us. We have to get back on track with that. The body is always moving and changing for our best selves. This is how we're built. Now, of course, things can go off the rails and we need outside intervention and help, but not always. And like I said, if you're anxious and specifically if you have health anxiety, every little twinge can be a catastrophe in your mind. So we got to grapple with this. We have to remember how much the body is working for us. And in particular, we can heal in ways that we're not even paying attention to. So I did a little looking around to see what I could find about the brain and its ability to heal. Because M mentioned here that she gets scared that she damaged her brain with stress and prior alcohol and prescription medications. So let's see what the brain can do. Now, I didn't get into prescription medication because that's like all kinds of things, but I did look into stress and alcohol. So let's see what I came up with. Neuroplasticity. Remembering that the brain has the ability to reorganize itself and form new neural connections, which can help repair damage that was caused by stress and alcohol, even abuse. So what I want to say here is that when I was younger, we didn't believe this. It was the brain was not plastic. You had what you had, what you damaged, you damaged, and that was it. Nothing new was happening there or repairing, reorganizing, or making new connections. But that's not true. We always learn something new. And so we want to keep that in mind, that the brain has the ability to reorganize itself and form new neural connections. Next up is neurogenesis. Now, certain brain regions, such as the hippocampus, can generate new neurons throughout life. This process of neurogenesis can contribute to the recovery and the healing of the brain. So again, we want to trust that we are no longer using these harmful substances, and so we're going to let the brain do its healing process. Next up is reduced inflammation. Chronic stress and alcohol abuse can lead to increased inflammation on the brain. Over time, 
abstinence from alcohol and implementing stress reduction techniques, because we can't ever get completely rid of stress, but we certainly can reduce it. The inflammation can decrease also when we reduce our stress, promoting healing and restoration. Now, a little side note here. I know I'm talking about these um, things that the brain can do, and I'm using the word abstinence and alcohol abuse. Now, I didn't say that M had alcohol abuse. I am saying this is what I have found. So I'm not trying to put anything extra on you there. Um, You just mentioned prior alcohol use and prescription medications and stress. Have you tried One Skin for your skincare routine yet? I love the simplicity of these products and the medical grade ingredients in them, not to mention how easily they fit into my skincare routine. The OS1 face moisturizer and OS1 eye cream make skin look visibly smoother and clearer and immediately feel softer and more hydrated. The secret is One Skin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin, and several studies back it up. So if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, then I'm so excited to share with you One Skin, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ACP at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ACP. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. So, and let's move along here to restoration of neurotransmitter balance. So excessive alcohol consumption and chronic stress can disrupt the balance of the neurotransmitters in the brain. Now, through abstinence from alcohol and stress reduction, the brain can restore the balance of those neurotransmitters, which is essential for proper brain function. But again, we can do these things. These are things we can do ourselves. And the next and final one that I have for you about the brain is enhanced blood flow and oxygenation. So chronic alcohol abuse and stress can impair blood flow to the brain and depriving it of necessary oxygen and nutrients. So if we engage in regular exercise and we adopt healthy lifestyle choices, this can help improve blood flow and oxygenation, supporting the brain healing process. So Here we are. We're going to get out of the way, taking out what may have caused some problems and letting the brain do what it can, letting the body heal as it wants to heal. And it has the capacity to do that. But time and patience are needed. So brain healing is a gradual process that requires time and patience. And I know when we are anxious, we don't have a lot of patience. That's okay. 
because you just have to remember that. Okay, I'm short on patience today, but I know that I need time and I need to stay as relaxed as I can. It's important to have realistic expectations and to be consistent with health habits and self-care practices to facilitate the brain's recovery from stress or any other abuses that may have happened. We can trust that our body will work for us. We don't have to feel like things are broken and never going to be working again. Let's lighten up and do what we can and see what the body can do along with us. Now, health anxiety is basically what I want to get into now. And that's a general term because here it was about the brain and dementia, Alzheimer's, you know, having used substances and having chronic stress. But it could show up anywhere. Your health anxiety could be anywhere. And I'm not going to give you any ideas because I know you already have plenty of them yourself. But health anxiety is basically when you spend so much of your time and energy worrying that you're sick or you're about to get sick or injured. And that whole thinking process begins to take over your life and adds what? It adds more stress, more fuel to the fire. And it is absolutely exhausting. So how do you know if you have health anxiety? Well, here are some of the things you might be doing if you are struggling with health anxiety. You might be constantly worrying about your health in one way or another. You might be frequently checking your body, different parts of your body for signs of illness, such as lumps or bumps, tingling or pain. You're always looking for it, checking, maybe looking in the mirror. Another thing would be that you are always asking people around you for reassurance that you are okay or that you are well or that you are not well. You're always asking them, what do you think? Do I have this? Do I have that? Looking for reassurance around your health. Another one is worrying that the medical team that you have trusted or the doctor or the tests may have missed something. Quite often people have all kinds of anxiety, maybe go to the ER thinking they're having a heart attack. The chest is a big place for this kind of stress to settle in. And they have all the tests run and they find nothing. They say, no, your heart is perfectly healthy. And you don't believe it. You are worrying that the medical establishment has missed something. They just didn't catch it. You are having a heart attack or whatever it is that you are obsessing about. Next is obsessively visiting Dr. Google. I have told you guys so many times to stay away from Dr. Google because the information that comes up is not specific to you. It is not even general. It is actually usually very frightening information, at least what people come and tell me. They find the information on Dr. Google about their health issue or their concern, 
And it is awful. I mean, it has people really much more frightened than they were when they first started looking. So I would caution against that. If you have an anxious mind, if you are easily led into fearful thinking about your health, do not Google the health issues. If you have something that is bad enough for you to be that concerned about, you will want to be checking in beyond the internet. And so it's okay. You can go and you can have something checked out, or you can do what we did in the old days, which was to wait. Sometimes our doctor, our local doctor, general practitioner in family doctor in our little town, I would call him. He would answer the phone. That's how long ago this was. And he would say, listen to me, listen to the symptoms. If he didn't think I needed care right that very minute, he would tell me to wait and see. Give it 24 hours. Call me tomorrow if you need to. And like I have told you here before, generally, I didn't need to call him back the next day. Many of these things just fall off the pile by themselves. But if you search on the internet, you will not only find more to worry about, you will find new things to worry about. You'll think the thing you have is deeper and more horrendous than you could have imagined, and all these little side things that you hadn't thought about yet. Now those are all planted in your anxious mind. It's best to stay away from there. Next is you can be thinking about having health anxiety if you avoid anything to do with serious illness, such as not visiting a loved one in the hospital or not being around other people who are ill because you have fear of being around anybody who has an illness. Illness in and of itself is very frightening to you. And finally, you might have health anxiety if you act as if you were ill. For example, to avoid physical activities like you, oh, I can't walk. I can't walk because, you know, it might be too much for my heart or my lungs or whatever. And, you know, it's tough because anxiety does show up with a rapid heartbeat sometimes and we can trigger anxious feelings when we make our heart rate go up through exercise. We have to learn to tease these things out and it is possible. Many people have done it. I didn't have that issue in particular, but if you get anxious walking because it makes your heart rate go up and then you feel like you're having a panic attack, we can work on that. You can do that by going very slow, but not avoiding physical activities. All right. Anxiety itself can cause symptoms, like I said, with that increased heart rate or headaches, and you may mistake these for signs of illness. We do well to remember the miracle the human body is. We can have a pain or an ache or an illness, and the body is hard at work to alleviate the issue and to heal, and often without our intervention. We can notice an issue without jumping to a catastrophic conclusion. We can notice, wait, and see. So what are some of the things that you can do to help you along? You can start by keeping a journal. 
You know I love the journal, but here I want you to note how often you are doing body checking or asking people for reassurance or looking at Dr. Google for health information, and then try to reduce those things over time. I want you also to remember your thoughts are not facts. If you come up with these thoughts of horrible health things that are happening to you, I want you to draw a line down in your journal so that you have two columns and write your health worries on the left-hand side. And then on the right-hand side, I want you to write the facts, such as in the first column, you might write, I'm worried about these headaches. And if it means that I have XYZ disease. And in the second column on the right-hand side, I want you to write, I am experiencing a headache. And I want you to see just the facts without embellishing. Another thing you can do is to keep busy with other things. This is a good place to use distraction. When the urge to check your body, for example, you can distract by going for a walk, calling your friend, writing in your journal, doing a coloring book, watching a YouTube that is not health related. That's a good place to use distraction as you learn to move beyond the urge to check. And I want you to get back to normal activities. Try to gradually start doing things that you've been avoiding because of your health worries, such as exercising or being with others. And regularly release your physical tension. We talk a lot about how we think and not paying attention to every thought that goes through our head, but I want you to focus on your physical tension. Try the body scan that's on our website or check in every hour or so for three relaxed full breaths with a longer, slower exhalation. Another thing you could do is use progressive muscle relaxation. You can find those on YouTube. Or you could try Yoga Nidra. Again, those are also available on YouTube. And that's Yoga N-I-D-R-A. It's a great way to relax and release stress and tension. The basic idea here is that I want you to be aware of your thoughts around your health. When we are not following every thought that our mind conjures up on a whim, we can be in a better state and see clearly what needs our attention versus having every twinge be a major catastrophe. It takes practice to break the old habits, but it's very possible to do. And now for today's quote. Your calm mind is the ultimate weapon against your challenges. So relax. And that's from Bryant McGill. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at the anxietycoachespodcast.com.